the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Sunday. Yes, Sunday, February 27th. It is currently 12.04 on the East Coast. We usually don't do weekend pods, but this is a special bonus pod that we're doing. We're going to discuss some teams that we are looking to back, some teams that we are looking to fade, and any futures right now that we see value in, in the markets, whether it's NBA Finals, Championship Winter Conference, make division players, awards, markets, anything like that. So I think it's a good time for us to discuss those things as we kind of wind down the season here with about 20 to 25 or 20 to 23 games left per team here. And joining me as usual, my main man, Terrell Berman Jr. Terrell, how you feeling this? Uh, what is it? Sunday evening there for you, brother? Yes, it is. And I'm feeling rested, rejuvenated and dangerous I got the day off Friday, so we're back here good for another week. And I'm top 10 in tally site picks for the NBA. That's a a nice little top that I like to have. You know, not a very strong victory lap. We could always be better, but I'm in the running for that top spot. So let's go get it. Yes, sir. I think you and I think it was McKee that were in top 10 right now. So hopefully you guys can finish out what top, top, top three or even number one, man. Our, Our crew kills it during NBA season. Also joining us from the East Coast, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this uh, Sunday afternoon, buddy? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Uh, definitely, I'd say looking forward to the rest of the NBA season. Uh, my Nets actually won a game for once against a pretty good team, which is definitely a good sign. I might have live bet the Bucks, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> good job by Kyrie having 38, what was it, 5-5, five and five, I think? Yeah. Yep. He was great. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'd say there's a little bit of optimism because KD's coming back next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell Simmons is doing, but we're going to figure that out, I guess, down the road. Uh, how's it going with you? Would, you? would it shock you that magically or miraculous, miraculously Ben Simmons came back after the game in Philly? I would say it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm okay with it. As okay. long as he's there before the playoffs and like the mask mandate or whatever ends up going away in New York so yeah. Kyrie could play road games, mm-hmm. I'll take my chances with Kyrie and KD. Okay. That's the thing, though, is like even – I don't think there's really one truly dominant team this year in the Eastern Conference. I think you can make a case that a lot of teams are very good – Mm-hmm. I don't see a world beater in that conference. So yeah. I do think if one team gets hot, like the Nets, for example, mm-hmm. they could make a deep run. 
So yeah. we'll see what happens and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, this this season, I think we can make a case on both sides of the conferences, Western and Eastern, that there hasn't really been a team that really kind of sticks out. It's really wide open. Um, I, th- I think Phoenix I think Phoenix does out of any team, but okay. you still have to wait to see what Golden State is once Draymond comes back, et cetera. But if there's one thing to at least close to a complete team, I think it's Phoenix, and that's basically it, in my yeah. opinion. Terrell, did you catch any of the uh, Bucks and Nets last night? Yes, I did. Or morning for you? I act- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I caught a little bit of the game. Kyrie is just otherworldly. That's that's really what it is. Kyrie is otherworldly, and it's going to be a completely different team when they lift that vaccine mandate and Kyrie's able to play every single game. They're going to be a completely different team. I would be. In- I would entertain uh, Bucks futures at this point. Uh, not Bucks, but uh, Nets futures at this point. Okay. I would very much so entertain them going into the second half of this season. It seems like the Nets are, Nets are finally about to hit their stride. And when Ben Simmons comes back, mm-hmm. uh, good luck. Good luck because he's a guy that is a basically a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. And yeah. he can single-handedly change that defense around by just adding that one piece in. So the Nets are going to be scary. They're going to be pretty good. And I'm interested to see this playoff run. Yeah, hopefully it's it's a playoff series or a playoff uh, this year where teams are healthy. I know the last season we had a lot of teams that were or star players on a lot of teams that were injured. You know, Jamal Murray's of the world, Kawhi Leonard left. Uh, you know, with James Harden, Kyrie Irving not being there for Brooklyn as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully everybody's healthy. But today we're here to talk about teams that we are going to uh, bet on or fade as well as for the rest of the season. So. Uh, guys, let's start with teams that you're looking to fade and not put your money on. Scott, I'm going to start with you here, man. Um, a team that you are looking to fade for maybe majority of the rest of the season here. So, of course, I can give a cop-out answer and pick the team that you could fade the entire season, the Houston Rockets. But I, the question is, I feel like you want me to think outside the box a little bit. because That's a little bit of low-hanging fruit, so to speak. I feel like one team I'm going to bring up, I don't know how long I'm going to fade them, but at least I have to mention it. The first two games I have an all-star break, you lose by 27-plus points. I got to talk about the Raptors. Like I, I got to bring it up. And I know the Raptors have been a psycho team for us because Terrell and I were fading them during the no-rest stretch, and they won a bunch of games. I don't know how long this is going to last. I know Van Vliet's also been a bit banged up. He played last game. Mm-hmm. You can't be fighting for a playoff spot and trying to stay out of the play-in games and lose the first two games against potential teams in play-in situations by 27-plus points. I know you're on the road, but I think both of you would agree that even if Toronto does turn it around at some point, that's a massive red flag to me. Is that a red flag to Mm you? 100%. So I guess I'm going to go with Toronto in the short term. Okay. Long term... I might have to go cop out here. It's either going to be the Rockets or if you want me to make another team, it would be the Lakers. Because the Rockets, I don't think I really need to explain much, right? I mean, no. that's kind of just common sense at this point. Yeah. But the Lakers, I watched them, of course, on Friday night. They had a great mm-hmm. game against the Clippers. They were down early. They came back. They lost the game. The thing is, LeBron tries to conserve energy on the offensive end at this stage in his career. Mm-hmm. The issue is that you look at the overall team and – I don't think it can be understated how awful the supporting cast is, especially with AD projected to miss another four to five weeks. Yeah. You're going down the lineup, and Dwight Howard was really good against the Clippers because they use Zubak. In most matchups, Dwight can't really play. 
That's just how it works. He can't shoot. You know that free throw shooting is an issue, and he can't really guard on the perimeter. But you're giving Ariza 20-something minutes. You're throwing in undrafted Austin Reeves. You're throwing in some Avery Bradley in there. Mello taking 35-footers with the game on the line. I mean, you just have an awful supporting cast. And LeBron, I know his stats are great and all, but the knee issue is concerning to me. And I feel like just because they beat Utah before the break in that miraculous comeback with no AD doesn't change the fact I don't think this team is very good. And, for example, they're favored tonight against New Orleans. I don't know why they're favored against New Orleans besides the fact that they're the Lakers and they have LeBron, but they've been overvalued all season. So I feel like they're a decent fade option down the stretch. Yeah, sorry. Lakers have the second toughest schedule remaining in the entire NBA. They still have two games against the Phoenix Suns, two against the Warriors, throw in the Nuggets in there for two, and then the Cavs, Sixers, and Jazz. So doesn't get any easier for the Lakers. I completely 100% agree with you, especially with AD being out another four to five weeks here. Uh, I mentioned it on on the Friday pod. We talked about the Clippers-Lakers game. And I just said, I have no idea why the Lakers are favored. Yeah. But the Clippers have won, won the last five meetings. They won the first two meetings this season. And the Lakers, money came in on the Lakers. Like, they went from one and a half to three. Yeah. They haven't beaten this team in three years. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, what was happening there besides just looking at the actual depth chart mm-hmm. and assume they're going to figure it out. They're just not very good. Yeah. I mean, when you have Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard out there, in your starting lineup, I understand Dwight Howard's out there because AD's injured, but Trevor Reza, come on, man. I, I think you find a better uh, better uh, starter in that lineup for the Lakers. Uh, Terrell, thoughts on – let's start with Toronto, with what Scott said about Toronto here. No, I mean, so he's spot on. I think now I'm not going to say I'm even fading Toronto in the short term. I think that those two games were a wake-up for them, and now they got a nice little break before they come back here and play again. So – and they're going to get the Nets. They're going to get the Nets at home on Tuesday. I think that's going to be a nice game where it's, uh, the Raptors are going to be able to step up and, you know, kind of turn it around. Is that a Possibly no Kyrie. Like yeah, so it's a back-to-back. Yeah, it's back-to-back. One is in Brooklyn, the other is in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I think they get one of those, and then they, that's when they can start making their their run for the most part. So I'm not really looking to fade Toronto anymore, even though that is extremely concerning that they came out after All-Star, where you would expect everybody to be energized and lost both of those games like that. But as for the Lakers, and it's pretty much, I didn't think that it's hard to sit here and say, you know, father time has creeped up on LeBron when he's still out here dropping 28, seven and seven, basically. So it's really hard to say it as father time, but I feel like that we are at the point in LeBron's career and if you haven't noticed it already, then you've got to – you're really looking at it now where he cannot carry a team for you. Yeah. He, is going to be, he is going to be one of the best players in the NBA, but he is unable to carry a team of rejects. Like, he's, he's done for a good portion of his career in the regular season. So, that's – I think that that's the issue. And then now you see them losing games. This roster really wasn't – if this roster was constructed with LeBron in mind, then I believe that it would look a lot different. I think mm-hmm. the roster was constructed with it, the thought of a- Anthony Davis is going to be out there at any given point in time. And now when you don't have Anthony Davis out there, then you're just looking at this team and saying, well, what the hell are we going to do now? Yeah. And that's basically what it's going to be for the rest of the season 
or until Anthony Davis comes back. So the Lakers are very much so an easy fade for me as well. Yeah, I mean, for the Lakers, obviously when you don't have a guy like Anthony Davis in the lineup, it's, it's really going to be tough because, you know, we talked about that. We talked about this all season long that the roster – for the Lakers, it's 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 not that great, right? I mean, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Reza, I mean, those guys, they're they're not world beaters. Um it, it, to be in your lineup to kind of help LeBron James. But Terrell, let's get to your team or teams that you are looking to fade uh for the rest of the season here. What do you got? Well, he took one of them. Well, I was gonna say the Lakers, that was gonna be my squad, but Scott had to take two teams and go short term <laughs> and long term. So unfortunately I'm going to have to pivot to my other team. No. But for me, it's just pick it's the Knicks pretty eat. Just just do it. No, I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna pick the Knicks <laughs> because that's what you want, that's what the people would want, that's what everybody would want. And everybody would want me to go on a rant about how bad the Knicks are gonna be in the second half of the season, how this team has no shot. And they should just be going ahead and take it for the lottery or something like that. I could do that. I could easily do that. I could sit here and tell you that this team just went and signed Kim to a one-year deal, and then now they're going out and trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. They're gonna sit him for the rest of the season and decide on his future in the, at the offseason. I could do that. I could easily do that. I could go tell you that Orban Fournier is probably one of the most overpaid players in the entire NBA right now. I could absolutely go on a rant and tell you all of those things. I could sit here and tell you that the regression from Julius Randle from last year to this year is absolutely horrendous. I could do all that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to tell you my other team that I'm looking to fade for the rest of this season, and it's the Utah Jazz. And the reason it's the Utah Jazz is because not that they're a bad team. I just think that everybody is overvaluing them in a lot of the spots that they're in. I think that you can get a lot of good value on betting against the Utah Jazz for the rest of the season just because their record is really, really good. But this team seems like they're declining. I don't think that they – I think that there's a clear divide between your Phoenix, your Golden State, and your Memphis, and then everybody else in the Western Conference. And – when I sit here and I'm thinking about, you know, Dallas, I expect Dallas to probably make a run and, and leapfrog ahead of them. I don't know what's going to go on between them and Denver for the rest of the year. I'm really not interested in either one of those two teams, but it just feels like Utah is just vastly overrated. They have what the one of the top odds to win. They they have better odds than the Memphis Grizzlies to win the the championship, and they're what? What's that? Three and a half, four games back from them? Yeah. Currently? They're not going to catch Memphis, in my opinion. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. And so they have better odds to win the Western Conference than Memphis. So it's really, it's just, it's shocking to me. It's really shocking. And I don't understand how they're so heavily favored when this team hasn't shown us anything throughout the course of this season. And it's not like they've been ravaged through injury. Yes, they've had COVID situation, but everybody's had COVID situation. This team isn't like, Denver where they've been without Jamal Murray all year or they're going to the second half of the season without Chris Paul like their players have been there they're just not as good as they were last year they're slightly overrated well I mentioned this on the Friday pod when I was talking about Utah and why I'm not that impressed by them I, I know that Dallas ended up covering that game right in yeah, the, yes. yeah I think by the look. Mm-hmm. I remember they the did main <laughs> it's thing. ridiculous I'm curious what Terrell's thoughts are on this I think the main reason why Utah's not very good is Mike Connolly I just don't think he's very good anymore and I liked Mike Connolly a lot in Memphis, but mm-hmm. you just watch him play. I have no idea what he does for that team. What does he do for that team? <clears throat> Not just, no. So he's literally just a guy that handles the ball down the court at this point. 
And that's you look really at, who, you look at, you look up and he's a starting point guard. He's like two for nine in the fourth quarter, like three for 12. Like he, he just doesn't do anything for that. Team. Now, I, now I'm not going to bag on Mike Conley too much because I just hit on Mike Conley's 15 points prop against that uh-huh. in that game against Dallas. Cause some reason he puts up, he just puts up double digits easily, like mm-hmm. rather easily against Dallas. I, I saw that and I played that on Friday when I was taking the day off, but I think that is also a combination of Mike Conley. I think that uh, Bogdanovich has taken a huge step back, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ignore the fact that now this team is playing without Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. That it, that is a mm-hmm. that is a big death piece for them. He was getting a lot of quality minutes, and he was stretching the floor of that second unit and keeping them going. So now the second unit is living and dying by Jordan Clarkson. And if Jordan Clarkson has a good night, then the bench is going to look good. But if Jordan Clarkson doesn't have a good night, then the bench looks atrocious. And so with Conley having, you know, the eh, stretch that he's having this season and Jordan Clarkson having to literally carry the entire bench unit and then Bogdan Bovanovich, who is who is either there or not, he can be good or bad, hot or cold, anything like that. That, that means that we're basically relying on Donovan Mitchell and then Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. So that's not enough. That's not enough for them to get the large spreads that they are getting against a lot of these teams. And it's not going to be anywhere near enough in the playoffs. This team could very well well be a first round out in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I, I kind of to talk about <clears throat> the uh, Jazz here, I think they have a, the roster's old too. I mean, they don't have young pieces there where they can surround. I mean, yeah, you have Donovan Mitchell's, what, who's 25 years old. But, I mean, you take a look at the surrounding pieces, like Terrell mentioned, Bogdanovich, he's 32. Uh, Mike Conley, 34. Rudy Gay, 35. Um, Royce O'Neal is the other maybe quote-unquote young piece. 28. Hassan Whiteside, 32. So, there's. I think there's. this is going to be a team – next season or in this off season, I think that's going to see significant roster turnover. And they've tried this roster, what, for four or five years now, and it just hasn't gotten them over the hump or gotten them to the, to the NBA final. So and I, th- I agree with Terrell that this might be a team that might be one and done in the NBA playoffs this year uh, in the first round. So uh, definitely I agree with that there. They also do have the eighth toughest schedule remaining in the entire NBA um, as far as opponents still have games against Phoenix twice, um, Golden State, Memphis, Chicago, uh, Dallas twice, and then also the Milwaukee Bucks as well. Um, at this point, team? they're basically yeah. At, go ahead. Oh my bad. No, no. At good, this point, ahead. Utah. At this point, Utah is basically locked into playing either Dallas or Denver. I mean, not Denver, Dallas or Dallas, Denver, or Memphis. They're basically locked into one of those situations. I don't think it's going to alter too much with the remaining games that they have left where they're playing somebody out of Dallas, Denver, and Memphis. I will take Utah last of all three of those teams, especially Denver if Jamal Murray comes back. When Jamal Murray comes back. Because in the regular season, they've actually been okay against Dallas. Denver's the intriguing one because you don't know about Murray's status, whatever. But long story short, we don't exactly think even if Utah wins a first-round series, they're going to put up much or any resistance in the second round. Yeah, I agree with yeah, hundred percent. That's all. You have any other teams that you're fading? No, no. I'm just gonna keep it at Utah for now. I forgot to mention Portland, by the way, because with no Nurkic, I mean that team's just just a waste yeah. of space at this point. Yeah, and two teams that I was gonna discuss already. You, you one you just mentioned was Portland. Um, Scott yeah, no, Scott stealing somebody else's thunder. <laughs> I'm just throwing him out there. No, no, he's he's right. But the only <laughs> if they still had CJ, Dame's not gonna be back for the rest of the season. Let's just go ahead and say that CJ's gone now. Nurkic's gone. So three or five stars are gone. You have a lot of young pieces there that 
let's just say they want five starters gone. Yeah. Are all five starters from the beginning of the year gone? I believe so. Yeah, yeah I yes, believe because so. Because Robert Covington and, and Norman Powell are in the uh are yep. with the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. So all five starters from the beginning of the season are gone. <laughs> So, yeah, for, for Portland, I mean, they do have the easiest schedule remaining, but they have a bunch of young young guys that are not going to play defense. And this is a team that you probably want to take a look at playing overs. But, yeah, Portland's a team that I'm looking to fade number one, and then I'll, I'll take the cop out. I have the New York Knicks circle that, as the team that I'm, I'm fading for the rest of the season. Uh, fourth most difficult schedule remaining in the NBA. They have uh, games still against the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies, Miami. They still play Philly twice. They play them uh, this afternoon here in, a, in, a, in an hour or so. But, I mean, you take a look at this roster, and we've talked about this all season long. The two teams that we've talked about all season long has been the Lakers and it's been the Knicks, right? a huge regression from last season with what this team was able to do, especially on the defensive side of the basketball. But Julius Randle has regressed to when you added two guys in the offseason like Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, who don't play a lick of defense. You knew that this team was going to be bad going forward. And I think for the roster, there's still a lot of question marks on what's going to happen in the future for them or, or what direction they want to go because they still haven't been able to lock up that marquee superstar player that wants to go play in New York. That's a different discussion, but as far as for the rest of the season, this New York team, I, I they were in this game against Miami the other night, but then that that final four minutes, Miami just kind of pulled away. They covered the spread. Um, but yeah, with the fourth hardest schedule remaining and the regression that I've seen, I can't get behind this, this New York Knicks team. So I'm looking to fade them. Terrell, I already know how you feel about New York. Scott, you said, but anything else you guys want to add about the New York Knicks before we get into teams that we want to bet on? I heard that, there's a rumor that Julius Randle might be playing small forward tonight in the starting lineup. I'm just okay. going to let that marinate a little bit. I'm going to end. No, up he's not. He's not. I, I heard some rumors still, that might be the case. So we'll see. No, nah, he's the four. It's, uh, it's him, Burks. It, who is it? It's Mitchell I just Robinson. Had this notification. Yeah. Mitch, him, Burks, Mitchell Robinson, RJ, and where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Fournier. That's it. So okay. Burks, Fournier, uh, Barrett, Randall, Robertson. Okay. I saw some reports of maybe some conflicting <clears throat> information, but either way, Alec Burke starting point guard. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Anything else, guys, you want guys want to uh, mention any other teams before we move on to teams that we want to bet on? No. Not Scott really. Terrell, anything else? I, I mentioned seven teams. That's my fault. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All Thanks, right. Scott. Let's well, take a let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll discuss a few teams that we want to bet on. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of college basketball tournament, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers 1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know as a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by IP Vanish. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick. Where when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So, so go to IPVanish.com SGP and use prom- promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash S-G-P, promo code S-G-P. All right, coming off of the break, let's discuss a few teams that we want to back and make some money off of. Uh, Terrell, I'll start with you on this one, man. Team that you want to bet on for the rest of the season. It's easy, Memphis. It's absolutely easy for me. It's Memphis. Memphis is probably one of the hottest teams out right now. Yeah. John Morant is a apps. John Morant is approaching superstar status. He is rapidly approaching superstar status and he's getting to a level that I don't think we've seen somebody arise so quickly, especially at the point guard position since Derrick Rose. So this team is really good. At some point, they're going to get Dylan Brooks back. Yeah. Like th- that is going to happen. They're going to get Dylan Brooks back at this at some point. And that's just going to make them a stronger defensive team. And it's going to add another level of scoring for them. I think that this team has base. I don't know where the schedule ranks towards the end of the season. Second easiest. They ha- yes. So there we go. I, I felt like I'm just looking at the names and I'm seeing Rockets multiple times. I'm over here. Pelicans. Uh, it, it, it's so it's so much. And they're even getting a couple of matchups with the top teams in the West. And we know those are teams that they like to get up and play for. Yeah. I can see Memphis going on a crazy run. And now Golden State does need to be worried. Golden State needs to be worried that Memphis will move into the two spot and them into the three spot. Because if that happens and they get a if they collide again in the playoffs, then I'm I would be nervous for Golden State not having the home court advantage there. Not ever too much, but ever so slightly. I think Memphis is a team that can absolutely knock off Golden State and can knock off Phoenix. And I think that I've said this before. I've been saying this all year. I think that Memphis will make 100% will make the Western Conference Finals. I, I, at this point, it's just, it's just solidifying in my head. And it looks like that they're going to have to beat Golden State to get there. Yeah. We've seen how they played against Golden State before. I don't think that that's hard for them. And especially if Golden State is not 100% healthy in that point in the season, in the playoffs when they're playing, then it's definitely going to be a little bit of an easier task for Memphis. But Memphis gets up for Golden State. So 
is going to, I think Memphis definitely has a chance to make the Western Conference Finals, even the NBA Finals. Memphis is, is a really, really good basketball team, and I'm expecting big things from them. I'm expecting a deep playoff run, and I'm expecting a very strong second half of the season. Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments about me. Memphis was one of the teams I also had circled. Uh, it's a team to bet on. Uh, second easy schedule, like you said. They have games against the Rockets twice, OKC. They play Pacers twice. They play the Spurs twice, uh, Pelicans twice. Um, and the only difficult games are Phoenix, which will probably be without Chris Paul. They have uh, the Jazz, uh, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Boston Celtics twice as their hardest remaining opponents. That's crazy. That as it sounds okay. music to Terrell's ears. Uh, Scott, thoughts on Memphis? Yeah, they're a very good team. They have an easy schedule. Uh, we saw them have a nice win against Chicago on the road. Yeah. They almost blew it. They ended up holding on. Ja had, what, 46? Yes. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're saying he's approaching superstar status. I, I just think he's there already. Yeah. I, I mean, every time he does anything, ESPN's talking about him because, of course, the highlights are nuts. But in terms of actual talent, he just screams prime Derrick Rose to me. Just mm-hmm. when I watch him play, I feel yep. like they're very similar players. And I saw Derrick Rose lead his team to a one seed over uh, the LeBron's team about a decade ago or so. Crazy how long ago it was. But I see Ja doing the same thing. I think in the next couple of years, Memphis will be looking up at a two seed or a one seed, and he'll be an MVP contention. So, yeah, I agree with that. Scott, which team are you betting on for the rest of the season? So I'm not going to go for a high-profile team or a team that's high up in the standings. I'm going to go with the Clippers right yes. now because I yes. think they're undervalued. Like Hell yeah. I really like what Ty Lue's done with that team. And you look at the team on paper, the reason why I said the Lakers were favored on Friday night is because you look at the Clippers and you think this team's probably just awful. And yet you go through the record. They're 31 and 31. Paul George has barely played for the last three months. Mm-hmm. Kawhi hasn't played this season. He's probably not going to. But the last four games – they beat Dallas on the road. They beat the Warriors at home by 15. They lost to the Suns on the road by seven. Chris Paul played, very close game. Beat the Rockets by 31 and beat the Lakers by three. This team just keeps getting disrespected because of the roster, and he's not going to win the award, but Ty Lue deserves serious consideration that he's not going to get. He's done an amazing job with this team, yeah. but they're just extremely well coached, and no matter who they're playing, no matter what the situation is, they are undervalued. Like you're looking at the line today, for example, the Clippers are favored by six and a half against Houston. They beat Houston by 31 a week and a half ago. How the hell are they favored by six and a half? Like they should, if this was any other team, like the Lakers or whatever, they'd probably be favored by nine or 10. Yeah. They're just being disrespected because of the roster on paper and they are much better as a whole than the individual parts. So I'm going to go with the Clippers. Thoughts on the Clippers here? No, I love Clippers pick. I absolutely love Clippers pick. That was another team that I was circ- that I had circle in my paper or somebody just because the line movement. Like they're going to get a terrible line for the rest of the season, and they're probably a lot better than what that. The roster mm-hmm. may not say that, but they're probably a lot better with whatever they're going to get for the rest of the season. So absolutely, I think Clippers are definitely one of the teams that you know you should be betting on second half. Um. For my team here, I, I had Memphis was one. Uh, I think I got to go with Atlanta here for the, for the rest of the season. Um, they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining. Uh, their first game off of the All-Star break, they did play Chicago, fell a little bit short in that game because DeMar DeRozan was doing DeMar DeRozan things. Um, and then they come back against Toronto, like we discussed at the top of the show, and beat the Toronto Raptors by 27. And you know they have games against 
Boston on Tuesday in Boston, they play Chicago. And then after that, it, it's a pretty easy schedule for them with Washington, with Detroit, with the Pacers, with Portland, the Hornets who have kind of fallen off um, Pelicans, New York. So I think that they're going to, you know, try to find a way to get in maybe and improve on the standings here. I'm trying to pull up the standings in the Eastern conference here. Uh, currently they're sitting at number 10. They're only about three and a half games out from that seven spot uh, where, where Toronto is right now. Uh, and again, this team that I finally see that Clint Capella starting playing more minutes. I know John Collins has been out, uh, but they're expecting to get him back. So, you know, I expect Atlanta to make a little bit of run here, especially with uh, the, the easy schedule that they do have uh, for the rest of the way, as they have the fifth, uh, fifth easy schedule remaining. Any thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks guys? Trey had 41-11 last game. You're going to give me no resistance. Uh, I'm going to give you no resistance. I mean, Trey can take over a game at any time. Yeah. And even though the defense can occasionally be in question, Trey can actually win you a game by himself that you might need. And uh, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So yeah. they have experience. They've been battling injuries. Collins is supposed to come back. You're looking at uh, Bogdanovich missed some time. Gallinari mm-hmm. missed some time. Now they're pretty healthy. The defensive inconsistency is concerning, but they have the experience to, you know, get back because they just went through a gauntlet in the playoffs and they did pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Any thoughts on the Hawks, Terrell? Yeah, I mean, you already know that I've been on the Hawks for a good portion of this season. I said that there was a chance that they were, that they were going to turn the season around from that terrible start that they did, and they're starting to get there. And I think the second half of the season is going to put them above 500 and – in prime position in that play-in tournament. So I think the Hawks are going are gonna to get rolling here. I think they're definitely one of the streakiest teams, which makes it kind of eh for the play-in tournament because mm-hmm. if, they're not, if they're not playing well, then, you know, it's one game you're out of that yeah. play-in tournament. But, Unless they're playing Charlotte because Charlotte's like the only team that's streakier than Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So so they got to they got to get going and they got to be able to con- have con- sustained success. I think Nate Miller is doing a great job down there and I'm looking forward looking forward to it absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'm on so, the Hawks. Yeah, I love it. Uh just to recap, so for Scott, he's going to be on the LA Clippers for Terrell. He's going to be betting on the Memphis Grizzlies and for myself, I will be uh backing the Atlanta Hawks. Um teams that we want to bet on for the final 22 games each uh for the remaining uh regular season here in the NBA guys, let's take one last break here. We'll come back and then we're going to identify one or a couple of future bets that we do like at this juncture of the season. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America 
buys and sells sports bet. March Madness is right around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and sell them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the Apple Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our free picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's dive into some of these future prices that we do like. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you, man. Um, any futures that you circled uh, that kind of caught your eye here, whether it was MVP, whether it was a team, what do you got? So going through the actual odds right here, one thing I am really tempted by, I am really looking at the Bulls to win the division at okay. plus 130. And I wanted to make a case for Milwaukee. And I was making a case for them to make the potentially the NBA Finals again, everything like that. But maybe it was just yesterday that just gave me the wake-up call. But Terrell's been mentioning it for weeks. The supporting cast for Milwaukee is not very good. Mostly the bench. It is non-existent, so I'm going to give Terrell his flowers for that. But I was just watching the game yesterday. I have pulled a complete 180 on Drew Holiday. Like I used to really <laughs> like him as an I thought he used to be extremely underrated, great defensive player, and then I look up and Kyrie's got 38 and Holiday was br- was brutal yesterday. I mean, he couldn't make a free throw, couldn't make a shot. Middleton's been struggling a bit lately with his shot as well. I look at Milwaukee and Bobby Portis hit like seven threes last night. If he doesn't <laughs> hit that, they get blown out by 15. Yeah. Like they really got outplayed by an injured Nets team. So I might mm-hmm. I might just be out on Milwaukee. I know it's a one game. It might be over-exaggeration. I don't know if it is, but I'm going to go with Chicago because even though I like Cleveland and I think that maybe they can sneak in there, Chicago's a team that, yes, they lost to Memphis, but I'm kind of encouraged by that because they almost rallied from like 17 points down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The Rosen Leighton games is usually money. They should be getting Lonzo back and company, which should help the defense. Yep. I'm not saying I'm picking Chicago to make a playoff run, but I do think that this team at plus 130 to win the division does sound like a pretty nice value play. I'm going to take Chicago, who already is in first place right now. Yeah, uh, I was. Uh, you hit the nail on the head that they are going to get AC and Lonzo back at some point, which are their best defenders and their perimeter defender, defenders. So that defense is going to look a lot better when they get those two guys back. And, you know, I was very high on Chicago coming into the season. Uh, 
just for uh, remaining schedule strength, Milwaukee, the toughest schedule remaining and Chicago at number three. But I think the supporting cast, I think we probably have to give the edge to the Chicago Bulls when they do get Lonzo and um, AC back in their rotation. Terrell, any thoughts on that Chicago pick? No, no, I like it. I'm, I don't know why. It just it feels like the Bulls are getting dis- disrespected there. It does because anybody else has a pretty comfortable lead over everybody else in the division. I know that this division is a, a little bit tighter, closer they're up, knit. They're up but, by two and a half right now. Yeah, they're up, they're up two and a half, and yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's a lot, but it's not a lot when you look at the NBA mm-hmm. and you look at the quality and the games left. And what every team has to go through, you have a two and a half game lead in division. You're feeling okay, like you're feeling pretty decent. And I feel like this should—they shouldn't be plus money anymore. Yep. This should be a maybe laying a dollar fifty somewhere around there, but shouldn't be plus money anymore at all. I think the Bulls are getting a little disrespected there. I also I think, Cleveland. Cleveland's plus two eighty. They're ahead of Milwaukee. It's half a game, but they're yeah. in second place. I don't know why Milwaukee's yeah. plus one forty. I think the caveat is for the, the Bucks and the Bulls is that they still have three games left against each other for the rest of the season. So uh, 21 games left for both those teams and three are against each other. And then uh, Cleveland has one matchup each left against the Chicago Bulls and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks here. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue the Chicago pick at all. Terrell, uh, what do you got for the people, man? Yeah, I'm still getting basically three to one odds for Brooklyn to win the East. I'm going to take it. I'm I'm gonna take it here because if Kyrie, if I'm getting Kyrie half half man half a season, if I'm getting him full man full season, <laughs> then that's that's crazy. That, that that is really that's gonna change everything. And I am also a mental health advocate, and I know what Ben Simmons can do when he's locked in. And he's not going to just be – he's not going to be a scrub. Like, I don't think he's going to be a scrub that everybody expects him to be. He's on a Cleveland – he's on – not a Cleveland, but he's on a Brooklyn team that doesn't need him to score the ball. They really don't. They have scores all around him. They really don't need him to score the ball. And you turn around and look, and this Brooklyn team is deep. This Brooklyn team is deep. This Brooklyn team has a bench. This pay, this team can keep it going when their stars are not on the court. And then they have enough stars where they can rotate them around with that bench. I think Steve Nash – while I'm still questionable of him as a coach, I think he has enough to work with to put a very nice playoff run together. And if they get, they're going to have a, a tougher path because they're going to be one of the lower seeds and they're going to have to play more better teams. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's well within the realm of possibility. They still have Kevin Durant when he comes back. They're still going to have Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons is going to add to them defensively. And you can't even sit here and say that you're getting a worse team at home because everybody's going to be playing at that point in time. Yeah, I'll take three to one odds on Brooklyn to win the East. I think that's very, very, very much possible. Do I know for a fact 100% they're beating anybody of the likes of a Phoenix or a Golden State in the championship? Not necessarily there yet, but I think that they have a good chance to win the East. It's either them or Miami for me. Uh, Scott, you always give the non-biased opinion when it comes to your team. So I'm going to let you uh, uh, respond with what Terrell has here. Well, yesterday proved to me that the Nets could beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series. And I know it's a regular season game, and Milwaukee killed them the first couple of times they played. But Kyrie was amazing. No Durant, no Simmons. Milwaukee had basically everybody. I know Lopez is out, but he's probably out for the rest of the year. Yeah. And if you watched Ibaka... He didn't look very good. 
So it goes back to the bench and goes back to Milwaukee's roster. You trade DiVincenzo, your bench is just awful. I mean, I feel like it's a spot where the Nets, the most underrated pickup in that Harden trade, which I mentioned, was Andre Drummond. Yeah. Because the Nets Uh were just a terrible rebounding team. And forget about that. When it comes to Giannis, even though Giannis will still probably put up 30 in a series anyway, like, you know, regardless, Mm -hmm. the Nets didn't even have a big body to put on Giannis. You were throwing in Claxton. You were throwing in Aldridge. You were throwing in Blake Griffin. Whether you like Andre Drummond or not, he's a huge dude who grabs a bunch of rebounds. And you need that if you're going to try to at least force Giannis to work for his points. And they did. And I thought yesterday proved once again that even though they won a title, do I trust Drew Holiday shooting the ball in a seven-game series? I don't. So I think the Nets are good enough to beat Milwaukee. Miami, I don't know. But I think the one question mark you have with the Nets at this point would be injuries. But you can say the same thing about any team. But based on Durant's injury history this season and Kyrie's injury history over his career, those are some concerns. But the upside of this Nets team is definitely higher than the upside of any other team in the conference, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was – there's a lot of chatter after the trade happened with James Harden, Ben Simmons, that automatically people are assuming that the the, the Philadelphia 76ers were going to go on and win the championship, where I really thought – we talk about teams winning and losing trades, but I don't think we can make that judgment until maybe two, three years from now. But what you just said, Scott, about the upside that the – Nets have when they have everybody healthy and back on the court with Ben Simmons, with Kyrie, with KD. I think that that's exciting. And there's a particular play last night where I was watching this Nets and Bucks game was, I think it was one of those, the final plays where Giannis was driving down or dribbling down the floor, getting to the basket. And Andre Drummond was there to block the shot. Maybe before prior to the trade, they didn't have something like that. So those little things really add up and adding a guy like Andre Drummond is absolutely huge. So I don't hate the pick at three to one, especially with the upside that, you know, Scott just mentioned with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, for and me, biggest, my, yeah, go ahead. Biggest piece isn't even back yet. Joe Harris isn't even back yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't you don't know. Now we don't even, here. you don't, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying though. Like it, he may not come back. If he does, then that's just another death piece that they have. They have yeah. a lot of scoring on this team. They really do. And if Ben Simmons adds anything to the defensive end, then Brooklyn's going to be very, very, very scary. Mm. Yeah, especially, I mean, yeah, if Joe Harris not there, you still have Seth Curry there too, right? So I think that um, the guy that can, you know, obviously knock down three-point shots and get you 15, 16 points a game um, per night and just, just knock down those corner three-point shots. Um, for me, it was going to be the Miami Heat. I think this is an interesting conversation to have before we wrap up here is, Right now, the at championship odds, the Miami Heat are still 10 to 1. And, you know, this this team, I mean, from top to bottom, especially on the defensive side of the basketball, is just absolutely unbelievable. You know, we, we've talked about this, Terrell. You've been quick to point this out, that you've been fading point guards uh, against the Miami Heat. And I think rightfully so with Jimmy Butler, with Kyle Lowry, uh, Bam Adebayo anchoring a middle. I think defensively, this team is really good, and they're just gritty. And for them to be at 10-1 to 1 right now uh, to win the championship, I mean, I did get it earlier in the year at around 17-18-1, but um, for, for this team right now to be where they are in the standings, the number one seed. I mean, when was the last time we had a number one seed that was 10 to one to win the championship at this juncture of the season? I know Chicago is one game back, Philly's three games back. 
And we just talked about the upside of Brooklyn, but I just think this Miami team in a seven game series, they are going to be a very, very difficult out with the amount of talent and the, just the pure grittiness that they have on this team. And a lot of times we talk about it, it takes defense to win championships. But when you have guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo on the defensive side of the basketball, uh, I'm going to take that 10 to one all day. Uh, I, I kind of like, yeah, I do like Miami to uh, at least come out of the East or be in that Eastern conference finals, whether that's against, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, I think that would be a fun, fun seven game series to watch. Um, Terrell thoughts on Miami, man. Yeah. I mean, I put it in a bit on earlier in, in the off season for Miami to be the number one seed by the time the year is done. Yeah. So I'm completely not against Miami at all. I think having a bet in on Miami and having a bet in on Brooklyn to make it out that Eastern conference feels like the surest thing of a lot to me, honestly, uh, where Scott, you're going to, you're going to guarantee some profit yeah, over there. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So where you're going to, it feels like the surest thing of a lot to me where you're going to guarantee some profit. And here's another guy. We don't know if we're going to see him back, but if he comes back, and he's able to add, then he's going to be really good for them. And that's Victor Oladipo. Yeah, you're right. We haven't we haven't even talked about him all year. We don't know what his status is. We don't know if we're going to see him. But if he does come back, and if he is, he's able to slow roll himself in because Miami's already so deep, they don't have to just throw him into the starting lineup and pray that he's good. They can ramp him up and give him minuscule minutes and let him just come in and play different portions of the game. So, yes, I think Miami is a, a very good bet. They got Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to both lock in on defense. That that is pure coaching by Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I, I think I saw a report that uh, Victor Oladipo may make his debut in about two weeks or so, but I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, Scott, thoughts on Miami? Well, the way that I'm looking at it, I've been praising Miami since the offseason, like the two of you. I've mentioned them throughout the years being probably the best team in the Eastern Conference. Based on the odds to win the title, just based on what I've seen recently i have no idea how milwaukee has lower odds than miami if miami was playing milwaukee in a seven game series i'm taking miami oh yeah and it's not even it's not even close because they're probably going to be the dog so i would literally open the bank accounts against for miami even even philly i know that we still have to wait and see about harden and whatever but i can understand why philly's ahead of milwaukee because they still have more firepower in my opinion but even miami against philly in a seven game series i'm probably taking miami I think it would go yeah, six Philly, or seven. I'm not saying Philly doesn't easy. have a bench either. Philly yeah, doesn't have I'm a saying. bench either. Look so, at I, look at what happened last night. They don't have a, can, Philly doesn't have a bench either. I'm not going to say Adebayo can match up against Embiid, but he can do better than most big men in the league. So I think that he can make things difficult. But it's also just Spolstra. And I know in a seven-game series, Spolstra is going to coach circles around Doc Rivers. It's just what's going to happen. So when you're talking about Miami as being arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference, and you have three teams that are priced lower than them, then there's automatically going to be value in Miami. I agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, at 10 to 1, especially we just talked about Milwaukee being ahead of them. I think they would beat them in a seven-game series. I think the Philly one would be a lot of fun to watch as well. But I think, like Terrell just said, they don't have a bench either do the Sixers. So um, at that 10 to 1 for a team like Miami, well, there's some value still there for them to win the championship. You guys have anything else that you want to throw out there as far as futures before we wrap up here, guys? Scott, do you have anything else? Uh, well, just going down the line here, I know I was trying to see if they would post a line on it, but I don't think they actually did. I was looking for lines on the Lakers to miss the playoffs. That was around minus 110. I Mm -hmm. cannot say that I see it on DraftKings now, but I'm pretty sure some books still have it. 
I'm not saying I'm doubling down on my Lakers fake as I mentioned it months ago with with Munaf on the prop cast. Like yeah. I think they were plus 400 or 500 to miss the playoffs, and I was all over it. But once again, watching this team play and assuming AD might not come back this season, might is the key word, or if he does, hell, 40%, 50%, I'm not picking him to win a play-in tournament because I do think the Lakers right now are on the verge of finding themselves somewhere in the 9-10 range, which means you're in single elimination territory in yep. a play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. So I need the Lakers to lose one of two games at minus 110. That's a very good deal in my book. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against the Lakers. I, I haven't been uh, the a supporter, I would say, a lack of better words about the Lakers. Terrell, you have anything else you want to throw out there before we get out of here? Yeah, let's... I think there is a possibility that Miami and Brooklyn do play in the first round. Is that not the best game of the entire, the best first, the best matchup of the entire possible situations that could be in the East if they play in the first round? It is also is going to go down from there. So yeah, well, not for I, me I think one of the, fan, but you know, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, but it for us basketball watchers, it's probably going to be the best series in all of the, in all of the Eastern Conference if that happens in the first round. Well, let's be real. Whichever series the Nets are involved in is going to be the best because they're going to be the best non non home court advantage team. Absolutely. Well, you're looking at who they're going to play. They're either going to play Milwaukee, Philly, Chicago, or Miami. I mean, any of those series is much watched TV anyway. Miami would be an absolute war. But if they play Philly in the first round, I think that would do even better for ratings just because of the Harden-Simmons dynamic there. So I think that's a series more people would be interested in as a Nets fan. I hope they play Chicago just because Chicago mm-hmm. hasn't really had much playoff experience. Of course he got DeRozan and I mean, Vucevic had a cup of coffee in the first round a couple of times, but that's basically it. And uh, Caruso as well won a ring, but still, I think that's the team I'd want to play, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. I'll just be happy to avoid the playing game. Yeah, definitely. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting or fun matchups. I mean, not only in the East, but also the West as well. You know, playoff basketball in the NBA, always a ton of fun to watch. So we're going to keep our eye out for this Eastern Conference standings. Um, That's going to be it for this episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast. I think this was a good time for us to kind of identify teams that we want to bet on, teams that we wanted to bet um, against, and then also any futures uh, that kind of stuck out to us. So hopefully – this gives you guys a some sense of direction for the final uh, stretch of the NBA season here. Terrell, any final thoughts, man? I let the people know where they can find you, man. At really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. R E A L L Y R E L L underscore underscore. And no, man, the Knicks fucking suck. <laughs> Scott, final thoughts and let them let them know where they can find you, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, still doing my YouTube thing every day. Got free picks there. Uh, also doing YouTube live streams every day, which is nice. Besides that, uh, I'm going to be sweating out some NASCAR picks today. So hopefully those go. go well. There we go. Uh, full day of action on Sunday. We will be back to our normal schedule starting tomorrow with myself and Terrell for the NBA Gambling Podcast. So uh, back on the ground as we wind down the NBA season here. You guys can find me at on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to head over to the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com to check out all the great content 
happening on all the sports that we cover. If it's happening, we have it covered for you. And also make sure to download the SGPN app. Go go to your Google Play Store or your App Store. Just type in SGPN. You'll see the black and red logo pop up. Make sure you download it to get all of our free picks and podcasts on that channel. Um, Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow morning for the NBA Gambling Podcast to dive into the Monday night games. Till then, good luck with your bets to close out this week. Let's break the books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna.